Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Randy Edelman grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey, where he studied piano at an early age, giving him many recitals locally. After high school graduation, he enrolled at the Cincinnati Music Conservatory, where he majored in piano and composition. While in Cincinnati, he began freelancing as a music arranger at James Brown's King Records and also wrote original music for regional theater. Upon graduation, Randy headed back to New York where he signed on as a staff writer at CBS April Blackwood Music. He also began playing a piano in a Broadway pit orchestra and continued his interest as a music arranger. He went out on the road as a music director for many entertainers. It was while traveling that Randy began writing both his own music and lyrics with an eye towards doing his own albums. It was the beginning of a decade of producing and writing his own solo albums. We have the utmost honor in talking to Mr. Randy Edelman. Hey, Mr. Randy, how are you doing today, sir? Yo, I'm doing good after that introduction. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great honor to have you on on today, and I man, I just can't wait to talk to you about music. You know, um, first of all, um, uh, how are you doing? Because um, we're just coming out of the pandemic, uh, slowly but surely. Um, how was it for you? Did you like? Did you like have a have, like a burst of uh, creativity, or did you just lounge around and? Oh no. No, it didn't. It didn't really affect me at all. No, oh, nice. I, I, I was right here doing lots of stuff, including my new little single, which I, which that's sort of what it's about. It's fun uh, and different than all the film scores I've been doing. But anyway, but I'm I'm completely I'm fortunate. I'm fine and uh, didn't really uh, got a couple of vaccines and I'm yes. good. Yes, yeah, I got mine too, man. And it's and it's wonderful because I think. After everybody gets their vaccines, everything will be uh, right with the world again, you know, because, man, I miss live shows, man. I got to, you know, I mean, slowly but surely, uh, bands are coming out and, and uh, performing again. But I think the world needs music now more than ever, you know. Uh, so this podcast is called When Words Fit Music Speaks, and um, and we made this podcast because I wanted to take people out of their their their, their depression state mind and uh, you know music heals, heals all um so what does music mean to you what does music mean to me yes sir uh that's uh i've been composing and writing music since i've been a kid it's uh 
that's too long. It's it's really, uh, in a sense, it's it's not that it's my whole life, but it's been my passion since I've been young. But it's what it is. I mean, music is music. It goes straight into your soul. And I've worked very hard in every possible conceivable area of music uh, quite happily, never with any direction that I knew from the beginning I was going to, except that the... Uh, the aim was to compose and, you know, original music and uh, see if I could, you know, uh, have experience in all these areas that I became interested in. And that's what happened, luckily. As, um, as a kid growing up, did you always want to be a, a, a musician of some sort or did you have dreams to become something else? Um, you know, I come from a family that that wasn't uh, a, a comfortable uh, uh, occupation to consider. We'll just, I'll leave it at that. But it was always something that I loved doing. And it was something that, uh, well, it was probably the only thing that I may have been a little good at. And uh, there was always a thought in my mind that I could turn it into something. But because I didn't have anybody to look to uh, as far as either people that I knew or people in my family or in the music world, uh, it was a little difficult to project myself doing something because I just didn't know anybody in the music business or the, you know, uh, the music world. So, right. but I always had it in my head and it, it always was a thing that, um, when I was a kid, um, the thing that was was big was sports. Yes. Not music. You're, I'm I'm older than you, but sports were like that was the thing that made you cool, you know. So I wanted to be sort of like everybody else. So I didn't draw a lot of attention to what I would be doing when I went home and I was practicing because I was a serious classical pianist from the time I was very young but I worked hard on it and I just kind of did it you know it was my thing I didn't go around playing you know in bands or at uh, wedding you know I didn't have a group I just kept it to myself and that's been true with all the stuff I've done that's true to this day I'm just a guy behind a piano <laughs> nice yeah that's what that's all about you know just with music um but um we, I I I told everybody in, in, in the introduction that you were um, a member of Broadway's paid orchestra. Um, did you, did you? Uh, that was, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, no, no problem. Go ahead. Yeah, th this was all, that was all when I was, you know, a million years ago. Okay. And I did it. That's, that, that's a very small part of my story. If you want, if we want to go over my story, we kind of have to move beyond that stuff. Yes, I did all this things you mentioned but they're you know they they quickly led to other things okay yeah because yeah, um because because i was going back there i'm about to ask you for an audition of it but uh, we'll we'll skip all that um uh, so uh, you have been awarded many prestigious awards including two nominations for the golden globe award the BAFTA award and the bmi award um and 12 of them 12 bmi awards uh, and I know you're super proud of each one you won, 
Um, but was there one award that you're most proud of to have as an award where you worked so hard to obtain? Um, well, uh, I've done so many different scores that I, I don't have one. And by the way, as far as the awards, the things I'm most proudest of may be ones that I never got an award for. It's okay. all about the music. So, um, you know, there's all kinds of different scores. There's the dramatic scores I did, like Gettysburg and Last of the Bohegans and Dragonheart. And then there's all the big comedies I did, like My Cousin Vinny and Kindergarten Cop and Twins and The Mask and Billy Madison. All, all, they're, they're different genres. That's what I've had fun with uh, in the film world. That's, of course, after my whole kind of career as a you know artist singer songwriter doing my own albums right. that was different but as far as what you just asked me about i don't really have one because they're all um fortunately it's not that they're all great situations some of right. them are are terrible you know oh. i mean uh yeah when you if you're fortunate enough to be able to be one of the handful of people in the world who are constantly doing movies uh, it's a very difficult gig because you have the director and producers and studios and everybody's kind of at your throat. Right. And when you're a composer, all these movies, no matter whether they're good movies, bad movies, comedies, action pictures, uh, romantic, whatever they are, they've got a history. Some of them take 20 years they're lucky enough to be made. And by the way, 95% of them aren't made. I'm talking about big projects. They're not made. I made they don't get, yeah. no, not made at all. No, are you well, kidding? No, well. no. Movies are impossible to make. Right. So we're talking about now the ones that are made. What the, the composer, they, they all have different stories. I could give you stories on every movie. You wouldn't believe it. And like I said, even the ones that you'd say, Oh boy, that's kind of a silly movie. Doesn't make any difference. It still may have a fifteen or twenty year old story of who wrote it. Was it based on a book? Did it go to a studio? Did it go to an actor who backed out of it? All kinds of of things that happened to it. But the point I, I want to make, and I'll always try to get as quickly as I can to the main point. I find which which in this case is me saying to you. All these people are involved, the director, the actors, the producers, the writers, the composer doesn't come in at all until the very, very, very end. So you're coming to a party that's right. been happening a long time and you're entering the best thing I could say. You're entering a family, a family that's not necessarily a happy family. <laughs> there have been fights. There have been changes. And all of a sudden, when the movie is shot, mostly edited, put together, screened, then they hire the composer. And you're making a huge contribution. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you're not part of the group. <laughs> so all. it's almost like you're and, – and by the way, you, you, may, you may think, oh, well, you've done 100 – you know, you've done all these things. So when you come in, you have experience. doesn't mean a thing. You're only as good as the moment. Right, you know, it's yeah. not like you come and say, oh, this is so-and-so. He did A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. No. It's like 
prove yourself with their picture. And um, like I said, doesn't matter what it is, um, you you have to kind of do that. And they already you may say, well, gee, what what are they what are they doing with the music? Well, they have uh, you probably heard the word attempt score. The music is completely scored when I come in. And you say, what do you mean? Well, they temp it. That means every single pl possible place that the director thinks he needs support with music. Every scene, they're called cues. Most films have upwards of 50 cues, an hour of music. That's a lot of music, yeah. you know. And um, we're not talking about songs now. Um, and so they have a notion via this temp music of what it should be. And that is every composer's kind of, everybody's got to figure that out because, you know, they have a scene and you see the scene, but you know, you see characters, you see scenery, you see situations, there's a storyline, but the music, if it's something obvious, like if it's a dark horror movie and there's a, okay, that's pretty easy. Why? A, a scene in a movie like that, certain ones, will just dictate what the music has to be. Right. Now, there's several ways, though, to do that music. It may be one little sound or a symphony orchestra. So within the bounds of that one cue, one of the 50 cues, you do have flexibility as far as a composer. But what you've got is you've got a guy standing over your shoulder who's been involved with the picture, directing it for three years, right. who has something in his head and he's put it there and the studio is screening the picture with an audience maybe for a couple of months and he is convinced that that particular uh style uh of music and the sound of it is what that cue needs and then you say well hold it then you come in you're supposed to write original you know and right. that of course is a and i'm being honest with you any composer that would not uh, let you in on this is just like, you know, bullshitting you. Right. you know? Yeah. That's what, so you got to deal with that. Oh, yeah. Unless, of course, there's a few times, believe me, John Williams doesn't deal like that with Steven Spielberg. Oh, for, yeah. You know, that kind of relationship. Yeah. Whatever John Williams writes, <laughs> well, he, for the most part, will trust him. Yeah. And, so. you know, that's a, that's a special thing. And there's certain times when you have a relationship with a certain director. I do. But mostly, it's like I just told you it's a tug of war yeah and you don't have much time you know what i mean yeah oh, oh okay okay well since you said that uh you just said you come in the very last part of the whole whole movie in, in a tv show right so so i i wouldn't imagine that you have a lot of time to create stuff they give you like a strict deadline correct okay did you just say that i've got a lot of time no no i i you have no time I, Okay, first of all, you just mentioned something. TV, completely different okay. than film. Okay. TV, you have less time, but they don't have really time to screw with you. You know what I mean? Right. It, I mean, I did a series years ago, and it was a great thing to do. It drove me nuts. It's called MacGyver. Mac I wrote yes. MacGyver, the original, the pilot, the theme. It went on for a zillion years. I'm not talking about the – they did a new spin-off spin -off of it recently. Right. I'm not – I'm talking about the one – that went on and still on, you know. Right. Um, and you had no time. And as much as I hated it, it 
it was a great uh, experience to have to write literally over the night all this kind of, you know, adventure thing with MacGyver trying to figure out how to make a bomb out of a chocolate bar, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I ended up quitting, you know, early on I quit. I mean, they always used my theme. I never dreamed the show would go on. And it turned out it was a good thing because sometimes you get involved with those things and I would have been doing that show for like 10 years, you know, (laughs) that would, that wouldn't have been good. But, um, uh, in TV, you work with the producers and the network in film Basically, it's a director's medium. You're basically working for one guy with all the money and all the stuff that goes on and and things that are involved with big feature films. You're at the mercy most of the time with whoever this director is. And they come in all shapes and sizes, let's say. And that's good at that. So, uh, okay, so with you, with your working with the director, um, do 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 they give you a chance to write write music for him first of all, or do, or like does he have some something set set in mind about what the music is supposed to be about? Okay, I just miss I couldn't understand. Did you say they give you a test? No. Okay, so um, when you're writing music for a, a movie or a TV show, and, and you're working with the director. Do they give right. you freedom to, to, to create whatever you want first, or do they... Well, that well that's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Of course you have the freedom, but they have something they've already put there. Right. That I just told... That's why I just spent that time telling you that, which sort of answers your question. They have something there that they want to... It's not to give... It's for people at the studio or screenings of the picture so that they can show the picture, which always needs whatever kind of music and style the picture is. It's a, if it's a horror film, it's one thing. If it's a comedy, if it's an action film, it's a period film. So they have a preconceived notion. They don't come and say to you, this is what I want. No, you're basically, they hire you and then you're on your own. But what I'm telling you is you're dealing with that situation where they've heard something for a long time. Now, suddenly you have a short time left. It doesn't matter if you have two weeks or two months, it's still the life of a film. It's a short time in which you're making an absolute major contribution. As you know, how important the score music is to a film, right? You know, it's a major, it's like a character, obviously as important as a main character. That's true. So, so that's what goes on. And um, that give and take between the composer and director will ultimately, ultimately, in the end, lead to if, not if the movie is a hit or a miss or is good or bad, will lead to whatever the composer's experience is going to turn out. You name a film. You say right now, you look down a list of my films. You'll name a film. What do I think about? I think of me and the guy. You know what I mean? Right. What relationship? Doesn't matter what film it is. That's what my thought goes to. And if the experience was good in terms of it being a a good creative uh, give and take between two creative people, in this case, a director and a musician and a composer, um, then generally I will think of it as there'll be a smile on my face has nothing to do 
uh, with whether the picture was a hit or not. Okay, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. You that may sound funny to you. No. It's not no. that I want all the pictures to be successful, but what I'm saying is that in the end is not my uh, barometer for what is a successful uh, experience creatively. And, um, you know, fortunately, I have a lot of different experiences and different kinds of people. My God, I mean, they come, you may say, oh, a director is, no, director of movies now, some of them come out of the theater, but by the way, the way they used to in old films, they don't anymore. They come out of videos, they come out of commercials, they come out of people who wrote screenplays, all kinds of things. So you're not necessarily, you don't really know what you're dealing with. Unless, of course, if it's someone very experienced, they have a track record of movies, you know, that they've done. Correct. Okay, cool. Um, so the scores you have created for movies have been reused for other media uh, sources. Uh, that's just, yeah, that's just been a crazy, actually, for me, wonderful thing that's happened with my scores. I mean, I write the scores for whatever I'm writing for. And early on when I got into this, and by the way, I got into this after being a composer and writing things for 15 or 20 years, I didn't just stumble into the world, but I, I had my musical chops together in many different things. Um, But I, um, Years ago, there were not soundtracks. When you did a score for a film, it was basically the score for the film. You heard the music with the movie. There wasn't necessarily, you couldn't go out and buy, I want to buy the soundtrack to ABC. It wasn't available. Right, yeah. They weren't made. Right. Things changed around the time that I really got into it. Suddenly, forget about the, quote, market that exists now, because I've gone all over the world done these film music festivals in Europe, you just wouldn't believe it because they don't have them here in the United States. You know, you can go to the Hollywood Bowl or a pop night at a symphony in South Carolina or something and hear some film music, but it's different. Anyway, so I got into it, and when I would do a film, I would get a deal to do the soundtrack. Now, the reason that that's great, to be honest with you, was when you're done with the film, and you do the music, you turn that music the way you did it after you've screamed and yelled and fought with the director, and you've decided, okay, here's the 50 cues in the movie. Right. Then they take it, and you go into the film mix. What is a film mix? It's where they mix the dialogue, the sound effects, the music. They mix it together. Guess what? I'm not there. They don't want me there, oh, so and I don't want to. Right. The music's already been scored exactly to the frame where it goes, but do they leave it where it is? <clears throat> of course not. Right. They do all kinds of shit. Yeah. They move it around. They don't use it. They'll say, oh, I like that music. That could be in this other scene. Yeah, but I have other music there. All That's kinds right. of stuff happens. Right. So the, the reason I'm just telling you this little bit of information is, but on the si- soundtrack, James, I put the music exactly the way I wrote it. So that music is, it's not all the music. I just pick, and sometimes I edit things together. 
And so uh, on the soundtrack, the music is what I wanted it to be. In most cases, it is in the film, but it's just not all there. Or maybe they took out, they because they, now, you know, the, everything with the technology, it's multi-tracks. When you give them the music, they said, they say, we want everything on its own track. That's not good. You know why? When they go on the sound stage to do the mix, they can take a, something with 50 parts and say, you know what? I like the bass drum and the flute and only have those, you know, they can, they can really mess yes, it up. Right. So on the soundtrack, I'll, okay, now getting back to what you asked me about. So my soundtracks started being used by not just people making who wanted trailers for their movies. So you'd suddenly hear, you know, my music for A, B, or C as the trailer for an upcoming movie. Because as I told you, the movie coming out doesn't have any music, it's score till the very end. Correct. You've already seen a trailer. Yeah. So that's one thing. But the big, big thing for me was sports. I, I talked to you about when I was a kid. The sports networks and the big things, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, they started using my music like crazy. Right. If it was the World Series, it was my music. If it was the Olympics, it was my music. If it was they use everything for everything, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we're we're talking about whatever because I I had a certain style for certain movies. There was very big, moving, triumphant kind of stuff. Right. And in NBC in particular, who had the um, the Olympics, who always did it, they really hooked on to me. And suddenly they, by the way, early had hooked on to John Williams. Right. A lot of people thought all that music going on, you know, starting in the 90s was his music. And they, they did still use a lot, but it was my a lot of it was was my stuff. And it was from it was funny because you'll say, well, don't they know it's from. Last of the Mohegans or Gettysburg or Anaconda or right. Dragonheart, they it didn't matter because it just fits. You're not seeing it for that movie. You're seeing it behind a guy winning the the relay race. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what happened. Um, a lot of times, a little funny thing is the directors and producers of the movie that the music was used for would call me up and they'd say, did you hear they stole our music? No, there's there's no stealing music. Anybody can use your music. Right. It has to be registered with the, you know, but so I'm kind of saying, gee, that's too bad. But the one who's getting by and profiting from it is the composer because the composer is the owner of that music, right. not the director. You know, he's involved with the film. Right. So anyway, that's just, uh, there were lots of different commercials and stuff is still going on now. The new Olympus is starting. There's always a lot of my my stuff with the themes and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's just people using. And I always thought sometimes people say, "Oh, they don't like anybody using their music." You know, I always considered it sort of uh, a compliment that somebody right. would get so emotion out of something that they would want to use it, especially for something uh, like some of those big sporting events you yeah know. like the olympics and everything yeah oh um, yeah all the stuff yeah so i so uh i don't 
well, when uh, when uh, somebody wants to reuse your music for something, did they go to you and ask you personally, or did they no, go no, to the actual no, company no, that, no. that they bought? Never, no. Okay. We're talking about big time stuff. We're talking about the Super Bowl, the Olympics. Guess yeah, what? Yeah. The Olympics don't even know what they're doing the next day. Oh, right. Somebody yeah. slips in a race, and it's a tragic story, and it's awful. And then the next day, they do a piece about They didn't know that was going to happen. And guess what? They better have something that's a tearjerker that kills you. Right. It may be mine. Maybe so. So, the, no, no. There's usually no planning. Now, for a main title to something, yes. They can either use your music and cut it or call you. It's like when they used my music for, uh, well, that was something different. Uh, the space, NASA, the whole space shuttle program. Okay. They called and said, we, you know, they, they, they were making this. It wasn't a promo thing. It was literally a documentary. And they called me up. You know, I get a call from like uh, General whoever, you know. Uh, and they said, we got to use Gettysburg. Yeah. It's like the only thing that's, it just has that Makes power. Yeah. And so a month or two before they sent it to me and uh, they wanted my input. And eventually they kept sending me stuff and cutting stuff. And finally, I mean, I kind of wasn't, it wasn't, it's not that it wasn't a big deal, but I said, Hey, you know what? Don't cut anything. Right. Just, just put put the main title of Gettysburg in there. Right. And go with the music and make your cuts. There were it was starting with Kennedy saying he wanted to go to the moon. You know, it was all kind of build up till them launching the whatever the space, you know, that the that uh, the shuttle thing was. So it was like a history, maybe six, seven minutes long. And I said, you know what? You gotta I see what you're doing. Just make your cuts. With the big changes in the atmosphere and rhythms of the music, and of course they did, and it was just fantastic. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, yeah because wow. uh, if they were doing all this stuff, and finally I said, now there, there were there have been a lot of uh, circumstances where people will say, well, screw you, you know, what do you mean, cutting to your music? <laughs> but in this mm. instance, it, it, makes sense. it worked, and I said, yeah. why are you spending all this time when? It's about the luckily it was about the same length of time, right. and they just cut it. Nice, you know, well, whatever works yeah. for them, right? So, uh, so uh, was there a score that somebody wanted to use for their for for like a like another source that that you thought was not a good fit for it, or like did you agree oh, with whatever many, they want? Times, but, uh, but listen, also James, a lot I don't see these things. I mean, I don't know if someone used my music for a trailer. I knew because. I know because it's on my the report, but, but I don't run to the movie and see a trailer of a film that uses. I don't even know because yeah. they don't have to ask me. Okay. They have to ask and log it with the publisher. And in big films, the publisher almost 100% of the time is the studio. If it's Warner Brothers, it's Warner's. If it's Universal, it's Universal. Once in a while, a composer gets a bit of the publishing, but he always gets 100% of his writing share. Right. So he always... Is the writer, you know. Nice. Same thing with song, you know. You know. Uh, so but the, yeah, I mean, I'm sure plenty of times people used my music and I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I haven't seen that many times because people, there's so much available in those situations. 
because of, a, of the technology. Years ago, editors and music editors didn't have every piece of music written since in the last 500 years at their fingertips. They couldn't find it. Now, boom, you press a button. You want to hear Bach? You want to hear Beethoven? You want to hear the Rolling Stones? You want to hear Van Morrison? You know, mm. you press a button and then you, you see something and it takes, it's in a split second. You say, you know what? That's a great idea. Or you know what? That's a terrible idea. Next. Right. When these things, when I see them and they decide to follow through and use them, they're, they're in the ballpark of something that's a good idea because they had too much available for it not to be. You know, awesome, awesome. Uh, so you released Portrait Album as a solo artist. Um, have you ever created music for one of your solo solo albums that you thought it would be a better fit as a score, or vice versa? Uh, one more time. I think I know what you said. I'm not sure. Okay. Have I created music for my solo albums that I thought would be good for a score? Yes. Okay. The answer is no, never. Okay. Because. I don't do solo albums. That was a different life okay. for me. Yeah. I'm literally a different person. I'm, of course, the same person. Yeah. What I'm saying is I did albums for years because it's not that I wanted to write songs or be a singer. It's kind of I got out of school. Long story. That sort of was happening. I always liked pop music. And I fell into doing that thinking I'll do one or two albums if I don't have a hit. <laughs> that's yeah that's okay <laughs> but that didn't happen now i didn't have hits my albums didn't sell however people did the songs and i seem to be able to get away with getting these record deals i used to say there's a certain time when you were if you could carry a tune and write a decent melody you could get a record deal yeah. that's of course overstating it yeah. but you know the music business changed from being a music publisher, taking a song to a record producer who was at a certain label and he had a certain artist who he produced. Then with the Beatles and Bob Dylan and James Taylor, all of a sudden 99% of the people selling records wrote and produced, of course, the modern, their own music. Very few people, uh, hardly any, were selling records big time who recorded outside material you know they were kind of like the odd people out. so i did that for a, a number of years and then after doing lots of different things and studying uh film composing before the changes in technology with the computers and the internet um i got into that at which time i never looked back and wrote a song ever because that when you're composing music for a film that's not my job there are no songs, if you'll notice, in the last 80 years in movies. There's no songs. There's records, yeah, records that movies drop in at the end of the film, or sometimes there's a montage. And the, they're not songs. I mean, they're songs, but they're records. I'm talking generally. You may find a couple of instances. But obviously that's changed. It used to be somebody would write a score, and then some. Uh, the theme would be... Uh, Moon River, and somebody would come in and write a lyric to Moon River, and then yeah, so that you know that doesn't happen anymore. Maybe once in a while. Yeah. So, cool. so the, the I don't mix the two. As a matter of fact, because I stopped doing one of the things, and then I 
because I it's it's too much time and too much focus and pressure to write film scores. It's not like you say, oh, today I think I'm going to write a song for an album. No, <laughs> you're on that movie. You don't think about anything else ever. Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so we got two more questions for you, sir. Um, one question is, uh, this podcast is called When the Words Feel Music Speaks. So my question to you now is, uh, it, is there a song that you heard in the past, any song you want to, you want to shout out to, um, that you can hear, but you can't tell your, you know, your wife or me how, how it makes you feel? If I could, a song? Yeah. Like a song, like, like when you hear the song, you can't tell me how it makes you feel. It's, it's like like it's so deep for you. You mean one of my songs? Any song. Oh, any song. Any oh, song. my God. Yeah, any song I, that you heard of, you know. I... Uh, yeah, there's, you know, that's a hard choice. Yeah, that's a hard question. It's, I mean, I mean uh, there's lots of songs. I mean, yeah. I just... Yeah, you're, you got me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could... I mean, is it just like like what song? I mean, like a like a Van Morrison song or something. Uh, yeah, well, lots of Van Morrison I mean, yeah. songs. Uh-huh. Remember, you know, you want to remember his song "Warm Love." You probably don't even remember that. Probably not, no sir. Well, that's "Warm Love" is great, and uh, you know, you got you've got songs like "The Long and Winding Road." I always love that. I don't know why it just came to my head. But no, lots of songs. Nice. And, oh, yeah. And Van, and Van Morrison, that whole uh, Astro Weeks album, you know, that every song on that album is a winner, you know. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Last question for you is, um, is there anything that you want to promote or tell, tell my listeners what you're up to right now? Okay, here's why we're talking. What I'm up to right now is I have this record out that is nice. making all kinds of it's this really wonderful thing I wrote. It's it's like about the COVID, but it's a very fun, uplifting thing. Generally, about it's not about the COVID. It's about when everybody's going to get to go out, yeah. which they are now. Hopefully, though, I heard today like, in California where I am, like people they got to put the masks back on or something. Oh, but no. um, yeah, and anyway. This song, and I did it right here in my little studio, played everything myself. It's called Coming Out the Other Side. It's really great, and you better play it. Play it, play it. And it's completely different than a lot of my beautiful ballads I used to write for songs or any of my big film scores. This is just a straight pop, young-feeling thing, and I'm wailing and screaming my ass off, and Coming out the other side. Play it, James. Nice. Well, or if not, I'm coming down to South Carolina and I'm going to find you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hopefully that's the problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so for all of my listeners, you can find my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, website is randyedelman.com. Yeah, but don't you have a copy of the record? No, not yet. Don't you have the No, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. You got a phone, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Go to YouTube. Randy Edelman, new single, coming out the other side. Boom. Yeah. Takes you, you about one second. That's, there's a lots of ways to get oh, yeah. it. You don't have to get yeah. it. Yeah. And, or ask my friend Eileen. She'll get it. I, yes, yes, sir. I, will. I, I know her. Yeah, yeah, she's really, really great. She helps us yeah, out she a lot. Yeah, she is great. She's awesome, yes, sir. 
So, um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on our show, and um, my pleasure. I, I'm I'm dying to have you back you know, next time, and we can talk about more, just, more music. Stuff. Let me know, Jim. I'll uh, I'll come back. All right, thank you so much. Peace, brother.